You're listening to the Collab Talk podcast, episode 157 of the MVP Buzz Chat series. In this episode, I'm talking with Developer Technologies MVP, Davide Benvenu. Welcome to another MVP Buzz Chat. This is Christian Buckley, and I'm here with Dave. Hello. Hi. Hi. Good Good evening. Good morning. Good afternoon. Depends where your viewers are. Uh, <laughs> sure. Well, why don't you um, introduce yourself, who you are, where you are, and what you do? Absolutely. So my, my name is Davide, uh, even though, you know, uh, since I moved to Hong Kong, where I live now, I've been called in so many different ways that, you know, as long as I know that you're talking to me, I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, I'm, I'm Italian. As I said, I moved to Hong Kong uh, about six years ago. And I've been working in IT in general for, I don't know, 20 years, uh, even though I'm, I'm not that old, but I started very, very early in, in, in my career, um, focusing initially on devo uh, developers, but now uh, transition more on uh, application lifecycle management, DevOps, and those good things. <laughs> I know there's a lot that's happening within the space and it's kind of evolved that we were, I just was sharing, uh, you know, some, some of my background way back, you know, that was in the, you know, in the DevOps space, but kind of what was your, what was your path into why DevOps? It, it just happened at the beginning because my, my very first job was more on the infrastructure and virtualization, virtualization side when, you know, VMware started coming out. Um, and then, but I, I always had the passion of developing. Um, I, 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 I love creating things. Um, and so I transitioned then from the infrastructure job into more development. And, but then I, I was working on a very small company in which we didn't have many people. So I had to take care of many different things at the same time, uh, apart from developing. And, and then I started also developing some more skills around people, around organization, around processes. And so it gradually just, just happened when I, when I got promoted like tech, tech lead at that company, basically I was yeah, doing everything and anything, but focusing also on what now we call DevOps. So since then, my, my passion for, for the discipline just got bigger and bigger and I, I made that my career. Yeah, there was a, I mean, a lot of the people in, in, in working for big companies, as well as for startups, a lot of the startups and, and some, I was working for one in uh, Northern California that was very well funded venture capital, a lot of outside investment. And yet the people that were uh, uh, setting up new laptops for new employees were the same people that were managing the code base. And, and so when I thought of DevOps, I thought of those people that were running the scripts at, you know, every evening that were checking servers under desks, as well as increasingly as we uh, brought on new you know, SaaS platforms and services that they just kind of owned all of those different pieces to keep things running. I mean, did you yeah. special, do you specialize in a certain area? Um, right now, no. I mean, I obviously, as many people do, I started with the tools, even though it's the wrong, it is, it, it, Kind of the wrong way to start, but uh, you had to start somewhere. But um, but then I, I tried to embrace DevOps at 360 degrees, uh, focusing on the three pillars: you know, people, processes, and, and tools. Um, and I think I, I one one thing I always consider uh, in in my roles is uh, the people part because it's uh, 
is the most challenging part of DevOps and the one that makes the most difference. So um, I, I used to work in different capacities before, like DevOps engineer, DevOps architect at, at Microsoft. Um, but now also in my current role, I, I have to focus on, on, again, everything in DevOps, <clears throat> excuse me, because I do, you know, I do manage uh, two teams, one DevOps team, one infra team that we're trying to merge. Um, we were trying to, you know, do everything that DevOps kind of prescribe, even though it's not, it's not a very strict, um, you know, road, roadmap, but trying to basically get more value to our users uh, as quick as we can, uh, as more consistent as we can. So, yeah, well, that's always the, look, I, I you know, again, I'm not an engineer, that, that side of things, but I liken it to, uh, you know, I, I came up through uh, technical project management, program management to, to that world. And where I had a lot of people where I managed teams and I was a, a group manager and uh, and would would fund people to go and get their like PMP certification. Um, so get formal project management certification. And I was told that people that would go through that process, uh, you know, that I it's great that you're learning this. You're learning these methodologies. You're learning these tools, ways of doing it. I never want you to attempt to apply 100% of what you're learning to it. And DevOps, I look at this the same way. It, it's it's not, um, it, it, there are methodologies, there are tools, there are systems and things that are in place. But when you start to have those people conversations and understand the culture of the organization and the, and the difference, the nuances of the needs of your company, it's never going to be 100% down any methodology, any, any place that you need to do what, fits and what meets the needs of your business. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, you know, DevOps provide you probably like a framework and some set of, not even rules, but yeah, like guidelines, if you will, um, in which you need to move uh, between, right? Or within, because as you said, the company's cultures are different. Objectives of the company's organizations are different. There are some things that you probably need and want to do like you know removing silos and barriers, uh, com uh, more communications, you know, adopting uh, some sort of self, uh, self, sorry, continuous improvement, and those kind of things are kind of pillars that you want to keep. Um, if not, you're not basically doing DevOps. But within those things, then uh, it needs to change and adapt based on your organization, how you work, and what you want to achieve. That's absolutely true. And so it's it's very dynamic, and I think a good a good DevOps person should understand that, and and should understand how to apply those micro principles, if you will, uh, to the reality they are in. Right. Well, that's one of the things that makes it interesting. I mean, that that space as well. I mean, it's what kind of drew me again in, as a parallel in the project management is because every project could be very different. Every client engagement, you know, could be. You know, so I can leverage what I've learned and take that into it. And you, of course, you develop experience and, and knowledge and understand about things. But, you know, you, you have a variety of things that you go sink your teeth into, certainly yeah. on the technology side. That's constantly changing. Uh, and so, so how do you keep up? I mean, because that's a question. <laughs> I know that every MVP gets asked that question. Um, but so how do you keep up with the rapid rate of change of innovation that's happening? Um. Well, in, in different ways. Um, I, I, I love consuming content. I, so I'm a content creator on the side, but I also love consuming content, especially video content and not much like reading or, or, or you know, written content uh, for technical aspect because I, 
I find the like the video content quicker to to assimilate and to and to to consume. But apart from that, my main point is I I I I, I try it out. So whenever something comes out and I think mm, that that's interesting, let's let's try it out. And either on personal projects and, or I'm lucky enough to work for I've been lucky enough for to work for companies that let me uh, experiment, if you will. Um, and so I was able to to integrate that into my work life uh, life as well. So having a chance to to experiment, to try it out, and see, okay, maybe I can apply this to this specific area, or maybe not. This this is not for me, or, or something like that. Um, in general, I think that experimentation and, and and trying out things and practice is the most important thing you should do. You no, know, you just brought up a great point. This is kind of a side topic. I don't want to go. You know, it, it, chasing down the rabbit hole here but you know for, for, but for companies that are not supportive i don't know if you've ever worked for any that are not supportive of community activities and for that level of experimentation because i i certainly have and i i tried to get out of those organizations very quickly once i discovered that they wouldn't support that uh, you know have, have you ever worked yeah. in an organization that was yeah, I've been I've been lucky enough to to work for a similar organization just once, um, and that was right before I'm, I moved to Hong Kong. Um, yeah, it's um, I, I had I had to fight a little bit to to you know to try and do what I normally do as an experimentation, but also you know talking about community. Like uh, I was already MVP at that time. So you know, um, we talk about events and you know public speaking and all all those kind of things, either as attendee or or as as a speaker, and I had really to to fight my way to the, the CTO or that, that was reporting at that time or other people to be able to actually not only join those events but to to create community and to 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 grow basically because for me community is growing for for everyone. Um, so yeah, then, then I, I left. <laughs> it's amazing to me though that, I mean, this, in this day and age, and, and maybe now, you know, having gone through what we've just gone through globally with the pandemic, that it's, it's getting more organizations to understand, um, it, it, that it's, it's a, you know, it, it's business critical to have for us to be connected through the various social networks that are out there. And I'm not talking about the, t the tools themselves, but the broader yeah, sense yeah. of the, the networking. Uh, and be plugged in and be participating and sharing of information because it's like doing a pilot on a software deployment. You do a smaller scope, you know, very clearly defined outcomes, but you do it quickly. You fail very quickly. You learn from that and then you repeat the, the piloting process and take what you've learned and grow and adapt. That's what we're doing collectively through these community activities is we're yeah. learning we're failing faster we're learning for the failures of others and so that we're not repeating some of those same mistakes but we could do more faster together absolutely absolutely and you know i, I was mentioning before that i i am a content creator so i have this youtube channel right and mm -hmm. of course i try to talk about things i know right <laughs> but most of the time maybe I know the macro topic or the macro tool, but then I want to showcase a specific feature or a specific uh, you know, service or subservice in that macro area that I really need to go and, um, and, and explore more and, and try it out. Because obviously when I make a video, I want to be sure that I'm saying the right things and I I'm, want to be sure that I'm, you know, I, I know what I'm talking about. So I need to spend time on, on doing those things. And, and then of course that reflects on the video because yeah, I can make a video that can be useful for people but also has some reflection on, on my um, professional life because then 
I can go back to my company or to my team and say, you know why? You know what? I've discovered that tool or that specific feature that I didn't know before, and I think it really can apply to to our scenarios or to our you know day to day work life and, and stuff like that. And I think that's beneficial for everyone. Yeah, well, definitely. I mean, that's some of the best content that's out there. I know that when I take the time and 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 to your point, I mean, it, it takes time to go through and research, experiment with it, to understand kind of the the uh, you know, the, the limits of a feature or a new product or solution that's out there uh, and to be able to talk about that, do research, find out what other people have said and written about and, and created on, and then to go and do like, even then to record a walkthrough versus, you know, this is easy. Like we're sitting here, we're talking, have a, a, a we don't have questions printed out, but there's a rough structure to how I run these interviews. Uh, and so it's very simple to go and do something like that. And I do productivity. I have not done one in a while, um, but productivity tips where I've actually gone through and I've demoed some things and talked through these takes a lot longer. It's it's like four or five times as long to, to record yeah. and pre and post-production on that. Yeah, uh, and especially for me, not being a native speaker, I, I try to get my English right in the videos. So it sometimes it takes me, you know, Quite a few takes <laughs> to, to get that right. <laughs> oh, you, you sound great. It's, uh, I would have never known that you weren't uh, American. No, well, <laughs> not sure about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, hey, so what was your, what was your path to becoming an MVP? So I know, especially, I know that people ask that question, is it like easier to be a former Microsoft person, at, you know, and then to become an MVP? Um, I don't. I don't think so. No. Um, apart of that, I, I I used to be an MVP also before joining Microsoft. So mm-hmm. I, I I got awarded the first time if I remember correctly in 2015, um, and I joined Microsoft only you know three and a half years ago or four years ago. So mm-hmm. uh, that was not uh, connected. Um, so at the beginning when I I didn't even know what MVP was back in 2015 and. Uh, but I've always been kind of into public speaking or putting more, more, more than anything, putting myself out there, um, whatever that was. And so I got, I started being part of, of an awesome community back in Italy called .NET Toscana. And we, we've tried to, you know, to get, you know, together first and collaborate within each other. But then we started thinking, well, maybe we can organize some event and participate to bigger events. And then the thing got bigger, bigger, and bigger, and and one day I received the email, uh, you know, oh, you you've been nominated for for MVP for, for what? <laughs> and so yeah, and then that the process started, and I I got really into that um, even more than I than I was before. Um, and then yeah, I I, I got rewarded uh, like in 2016 and 2017, and then uh, yeah, 2017 I. I moved to Hong Kong and then I got my offer from Microsoft that I had to, I couldn't refuse. Um, and, and so obviously I had to give up my, my MVP title being for independent professionals. Uh, but now that I, 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 uh, I left Microsoft in December uh, last year and um, I've, I've been doing you know all the videos, as I mentioned before, I have a, a blog or article platform um, I try to do events, but obviously with in this time and age is uh, dif- difficult to do in-person events. Right. So putting together all the stuff, um, I've been lucky and, and fortunate enough to be able to be re-awarded uh, as, as an MVP. I know that there's a, a, a couple other instances where 
um, people within a couple months of having left Microsoft, you know, got to be, you know, MVPs. For people to understand, though, it's not because they were an employee that it was easier. It's because throughout that time, so like yeah. you, before you were Microsoft, while you were at Microsoft, you were still a content creator doing all these these activities because it really is an award for, it's a recognition of the community uh, activities for the year prior that exactly, you exactly. that, that recognition. And, and so, yeah, so I did things that were above and beyond, you know, my, my Microsoft role. I did things that were very different. In fact, my last two years, I was in advertising operations, but I was still writing about, talking about SharePoint and Office 365, which had yeah. nothing to do with my day job. Uh, and, and so I kind of continued uh, along that path as well. Well, very yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah. So, uh, you know, anything else, you know, that you, any advice you would give to anybody that uh, is thinking about becoming an MVP? Um, well, first of all, don't think about becoming an MVP, but do it because you want to, because you want to share your knowledge, because you want to help people. Because if you, if your goal is becoming an MVP, maybe you can make it. Uh, for for sure, you will not be rewarded uh, afterwards, but it's not meaningful, right? I, I'm an MVP not because I wanted to be an MVP, but because I wanted to share the things I know, because I wanted to help people. And as as a result of that, someone noticed my efforts and, and, and I got awarded uh, for that. But the main goal for me was, you know, producing my videos, producing my content, doing my articles and and trying to help people. And for me, even if one person comments on one of my videos saying, oh, that's so, so good, bro. Thank you very much. That that makes my day. Um, that's that's the, the thing that should drive you, not I'll become an MVP. And then if you're lucky enough or, or good enough to, to be awarded as an MVP, then en enjoy it. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's great advice. I've heard from a number of people that, uh, in fact, a good friend of mine who had as a goal to become an MVP. And for a couple of years, I mean, he was putting in the effort and doing the things, but he was, but he, with that focus. And he, he actually said to me, um, he said, you know what, I've really just kind of given up on becoming, it's, it's just not in the cards for me. It's not going to happen. He says, but you know what, it doesn't matter. He says, I've benefited so much. I've enjoyed this. I've built relationships with made friends and contacts and my business is thriving. Uh, you know, it, it's been so rewarding just doing that thing. And about two months later, he got an MVP. So it was, you know, surprise for him. And he was very great. So it was, but it was, it was gravy on top. You know, he'd already been fed. Uh, yeah. So it was extra. It was fantastic. But yeah, well, yeah. I really appreciate you taking the time to one, you know, to, to meet you and to hear about your background. Hopefully I'll get out in your part of the world. Maybe this year it could happen. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Let's see here. There, there. There's a lot of travel restrictions still, and situation is a little bit, you know, not, not, not as good. Up. But uh, yeah, but I yeah. think we're at, we're. I, I'm confident we're at the the backside of this thing, and we're gonna things are start gonna open up again. And so hoping get out to across, part of the yeah. world. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks so much for your time tonight. It's been my my pleasure. My pleasure. Uh, anytime. <laughs>